welcome to the Code 321 podcast. I'm Nick Carson. I'm here with Frank Rice. We're just going to give you a little bit of information about who we are and why we're doing this podcast. So welcome, Frank. Nice to have you hey, in, our, in our studio here. Yeah. So uh, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So, um, well, my name's Frank. I've been a paramedic now for five years. Um, out here working with Nick in uh, Burlington, Vermont. Um, do a little bit of EMS education, which has kind of led us to this podcast. We work together here at uh, Northeast Emergency Training Solutions, teaching EMTs and uh, AEMTs and paramedic students and whatnot. Um, kind of have well, we're going to be talking today about getting into the EMS field, so I won't really go too in depth into my my history with EMS, but because uh, we'll be talking about that. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm Nick Carson. I'm one of the owners here at Nets. Uh, work with Frank all the time. Like he said, we're working on developing our company so that we can reach you in the digital sphere as well. So some of the cool things that we're doing is we're trying to do this new podcast. We're going to be offering some hybrid courses. And the goal of this podcast isn't necessarily to teach you all the time. It's just going to be our way to connect with you and talk about some things that we think would be valuable given our EMS careers. So things that we wish we had access to when we were going through. So that being said, a lot of people are interested in getting into EMS these days. I think the growth rate is like 25% job growth over the next 10 years. So it's a definitely a good job to be in. So one of the things we're gonna be talking about today is the different types of EMS programs, what levels of EMS you can have, and what you can expect as you go through all those different levels. Um, there's a lot of different types of EMS out there and we would just want to touch on them briefly. And for those of you that have never been in EMS or are just starting, want to give you an opportunity to see how it works and maybe find out what might be the best for you. Yeah, that's kind of one of the cool things about this job. I mean, and like I said, I've only been a medic for five years. I've been in EMS collectively for about 10 now. Um, but you really meet people from all walks of life and different stages of their life. You know, this is a lot of people kind of come into EMS as a second career um, and it's interesting the different ways that you can find yourself in this job and then the different places that you can find yourself with just simply the certifications that are involved. Yeah, for sure. So one of the first things we want to talk about is the different types of EMS education. So just remind folks here, you went through, was it EMT and then paramedic or did you do A in between? Uh, actually, yeah, so my first EMS certification actually was not uh, like a national registry cert. I actually uh, was too young um, when I when I first really kind of got my feet into EMS was when I was a I was a junior ski patroller. Um, well, actually and before that I had been doing some some search and rescue work as a volunteer, but I I ended up getting involved with a ski patrol and they have a course called the Outdoor Emergency Care Technician, which is a nationally recognized course, um very similar to the EMT. I I, re- I actually used to say that I found it harder than the EMT, but then again, my age um, and my kind of my school experience was different at that time too. Uh, but yeah, then I I got my EMT while I was in high school and went straight from high school into paramedic school. Nice. So, how old were you when you took your EMT again? I was I timed it so that in New York State, where I became an EMT, you had to be eighteen. 
to test. So I was in the class when I was 17. And I think the class, my birthday was in February. I think the class got done right around December. So I timed it so that I would test and be 18, pretty much get it right away. Yeah. So we do offer EMT courses here. And I believe our only requirement is that you have to be 18 to take your national registry exam. Yeah, we just had a class about a year ago now. Um, a couple of guys we work with, their younger brothers were in there, and it's been it's been kind of fun to watch. They just turned 18 and are now going to, a year later, after the class is over, take the test. Yeah, nice. So who would you say the EMT class is for? Do you think anybody has to bring any experience there, or is it kind of for everybody? Uh, no, well, that, like I said before, you know, kind of you get a lot of people from all different walks of life. Uh, I think it's for really for anyone. Um, Interact, you know, you don't really have to take an EMT class specifically for the purpose of getting a starting a career necessarily in EMS. When I was out in Colorado, when I first started kind of getting into the education realm, we did an EMT class every year, and I would say that the majority of the students were not there with any interest of. Uh, career um, public safety like EMS or fire service. Most of the people we had were going to be river guides or ski patrollers because it was a requirement out there. Uh, And then you have, you also had your people who were lucky enough to have the time to get the EMT education and were just doing it for their own benefit. You know, a guy that maybe was like, hey, I'm a backcountry skier or I go, you know, I hunt deep in the woods. I just want to have this knowledge. Um, and then obviously you have your more career-oriented people as well. Yeah, for sure. I, it almost seems like you're a mechanic for the human body, so who wouldn't want to take it? I mean, it seems like it's a pretty important set of skills to have. Yeah, and at the EMT level, it's not, you know, it's not like crazy, crazy advanced um, college-level stuff that you might scare somebody away, um, but it's also not just your kind of overly basic first aid class where, you know, I feel like a lot of people that come to a basic first aid class, it's like... Yeah, that's pretty obvious that I would do some of these things. So I think that those people who want that just next step up of uh, knowledge and in just immediate kind of first aid care in the field, it's great. And then there's so many jobs that give incentive to be an EMT. I mean, you could be working on an oil rig. You could be a guy that runs a summer camp. You know, I mean, there's so many different reasons that somebody might become an EMT and one of the challenges that I feel as from an instructor standpoint is that we get these people who aren't just going you know all of the a lot of the textbooks and things are written along the lines of EMS like in when I sit like in an ambulance um but we get these people who they're specifically there for one aspect of it trauma pediatric care whatever it may be and it's kind of hard to keep them up to speed with all of the other things encompassed in the certification so it's probably a good thing to mention we probably should touch on emergency medical responder it's not something that we teach in this institution necessarily um, and i feel like my personal opinion is it's starting to kind of go away unless you're in a really rural area most places especially the rescue squads are really going to be looking for an emt at a minimum you think there's any truth to that yeah, I don't have a ton of experience with emergency medical responder. Um, the only, you know, I've worked at agencies where you could 
operate on an ambulance without being an EMT, but you didn't even have to be an emergency medical responder. You just had to have your CPR certification and stuff. So yeah, you know, I can't really speak too much on that just because I don't know much about that certification. Yeah, so I thought we'd just run through the different levels real quick and just give people an idea. So if you've never been in EMS before, would you say it's pretty fair to say the EMT is going to be your first step? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. You know, most EMT programs also include, you know, that that CPR aspect, the um, ICS certifications, kind of different things that are foundational certifications for EMT and beyond, if you will. Um, so what's ICS again? Can you just touch on that for oh, people yeah, that might not yeah. know? Uh, ICS, Incident Command System, it's a, it's a system developed and trained through the uh, Federal Emergency Management Agency and the National Incident Management. What's the S stand for? I think it's system, isn't it? Oh, yeah. oh it, there you it's go. part of. Okay, I see what you're saying. I think so. Um, but yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of certifications and jobs will require that base level knowledge of the ICS system, uh, which was mainly born after following 9/11 to create a more organized uh, chain of command, if you will, and structure to any any operation and one of the things they like to tote with ICS is it's not just for emergencies right you can run a carnival if you wanted using the ICS system so we get that we get our BLS level CPR certification which is again a requirement for not just being an EMT but for several several jobs um we get a little bit of hazmat identification and awareness type information in there too. So kind of, you really cover a lot of your, your base foundational stuff in that EMT, especially if you're going into a a professional career. So I think one of the things to remember is if you're interested in getting to those advanced programs, the paramedic, the flight paramedic, the, um, advanced EMT programs, you really do need to start with EMT. You, you probably are going to expect yourself to be gated by that EMT certification. So if you're interested in taking that, um, some things to think about, some programs will require you to have a BLS card before you start. Our organization, we offer CPR classes, so we make sure all of our students have that before they begin. That's easy enough for us to take care of. Um, if you take it somewhere else, they may require you to have that. Um, and Nico has contact us and we can take care of that as well. Um, like Frank said, you have to be 18 at the time you test, but that doesn't mean you can't take the course before then. Um, as far as cost is concerned, typical EMT courses are usually between about $700 and $1,000, um, and they last about three months. Have you experienced any other formats <laughs> that are radically different from that? Um, not radically. You know, uh, I have seen different prices in different parts of the country. I will say that. But, uh, you know, one thing, the other thing I've seen is those... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Those kind of like fly by night, you know, making an EMT uh, quick classes. And I just caution people with those because although it's convenient as far as time goes and you're obtaining a certification quickly, which very well may make you eligible for a job or whatever, just be careful because down the road and in in the field, it may be a disadvantage too. Yeah, for sure. And you can kind of expect if you're getting an EMT course in a can, if you're going for a couple weeks, 
you may have a little bit of whiplash when you actually hit the floor and start running calls. You know, you just don't have the opportunity to learn that material. And some of the times the instructors that you may get through programs like that may not even be current EMS providers. You know, they may be an individual that's contracted with that company. And we have really strict standards here at NETS to make sure that everyone that's teaching these courses has a really strong background in EMS. And most of them are active and are at least certified at a level above what whatever they're teaching you. Yeah, and I mean, even if even if you have a great instructor for one of those, you know, two week, uh, I think they're usually about two weeks. Those speedy courses, it's just not how you're kind of wired to learn, you know. Versus over the repetition and stuff you're going to get over a let's just call it a college semester length amount of time is going to really kind of solidify a lot of that core information in your head. Whereas that quick class you're going to forget some of that stuff fast without that repetition. So just for you to put things in perspective, I know as uncomfortable it is to talk about sometimes money does make a big difference in what we do with our lives. And for those of you that are looking to get into EMS, you may be interested in how much you're going to make at the different levels. So we wanted to touch on that today too. So from the information that I've got and what I've experienced in the various services I've worked at, an EMT can expect about 30000 a year for a salary, and usually it's around $14. I don't know if Frank has any other experience in other parts of the country or not. but Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that that's such a hard um, thing to talk about just because there are so many options and there are so many differing places. You know, I mean, if you work for a hospital-based system in New York City, you're going to make really good money. You're going to make more money than a paramedic might make in part of the country. But also, if you're using your certification for that less traditional uh, EMS career, you know, like I said, maybe you're one of those types of EMTs who does uh, contract work and you're out on an oil rig or something. You know, there are opportunities to make more money um, if that's what it's all about. But what I really, you know, kind of tell people who are looking to maybe do a job change or get into EMS is that although that initial number up front might not be the most appealing as far as salary goes, getting your EMT and then working professionally for an agency kind of opens up a lot of other doors, right? Because you now you have the opportunity to get sponsored for classes and to get free certification. So you can go on to, you know, maybe get your AEMT or in some parts of the country, your EMT IV certification. Um, maybe you'll take a PHTLS, AMLS class. Um, that's pre-hospital trauma life support and advanced medical life support. Um, maybe you'll take a, maybe you'll get to a level where you're taking ACLS and PALS. Sorry for all the acronyms, but you open up, you open yourself up to these uh, other opportunities where you can quickly kind of compound your set, your own certifications and make yourself more, you know, worth more. I, I hate to say it that way, but your salary can go up. Yeah. You're more marketable, exactly. more attractive. Right. right. Yeah, for exactly. sure. That's a good segue. So after you've done your EMT, just remember EMT is really the gateway to everything. So any type of job that you want to have. It's a gateway in, drug. Yeah. So any kind of job you might want to have in EMS, you really need your EMT. EMR is great and it can be helpful for fire departments and some rural agencies. But if you're looking to get paid for your time, um, you probably want to look at EMT at a minimum. And that EMT course is going to allow you to um, get into those other programs. So the next program that you're eligible to take after you get a certified EMT would be your advanced EMT. So 
Can you, Frank, just tell them a little bit about what's the difference between an EMT and an advanced EMT? Yeah, definitely. And I'll also throw in there, Nick, uh, when I was out in Colorado, we also had another certification, which was the EMT IV. Um, similar to AEMT, but much shorter. Uh, definitely didn't have the same scope. But anyways, to answer your question, um, an AEMT en- enhances their scope of practice, essentially. So we add new skills and new capabilities um primarily as an advanced emt one of the large one of the larger components uh that you're going to gain is you're going to be able to do intravenous therapy so you're going to be able to establish an iv in a patient and not only just establish that iv but now you can you know you can draw bloods you can give fluids and you can give a host of iv medications emt basics uh can't give any iv medications so that's really one of the big ones um you also learn some new diagnostic skills we learn how to look at waveform capnography some more slightly more advanced airway uh techniques um and then also we learn to take on kind of more of a leadership role within the ems system as an advanced emt you could potentially find yourself as the highest level provider on a scene and now you're the you're a crew chief you're a leader of of that situation for sure that's a really good point to make um just from where i've experienced i've done a lot of my time in vermont and massachusetts and what i've found is that a lot of those services don't necessarily have the recruitment and retention to always have paramedics on every truck so the aemt is going to be that lead provider and a lot of those ambulances at a minimum are going to have an aemt being in charge of the truck so if you've been an emt for a little bit or you feel like you're ready to be an a just expect that a lot of the services at least in new england are going to look to those aemts to provide that leadership role in the ambulance yeah, so absolutely in addition to getting paid a little bit more and allow and doing all those advanced skills you're going to transition from a provider that tactical employee into a little bit more of a management role and you're going to have to start to have a little bit more leadership training and a little bit more um, interpersonal skills and we do work on all that stuff with our aemts when they go through our program because we know they're going to be expected to perform that so some basic requirements to actually take the aemt course you have to have a valid EMT certification before you go to A school. Um, a lot of places will require that you're affiliated with an agency. The other reason that that's really nice and what Frank touched on earlier is these programs can be a little bit more expensive, typically looking between about a thousand and fifteen hundred bucks for an AEMT program, um, and that lasts about three to six months. But you can actually have your service sponsor you. So if you're an EMT with an ambulance service or with a fire department, a lot of times those folks will actually pay you to go to that course. If not paying you for your time and the tuition, they'll at least cover all of your expenses, which can be a huge help. So if you're interested in going to a course, um, if you're not a college student where you can use it for credit, it might be a good idea to get affiliated with an agency so you can have that support both for clinical, you know, the things that you need to do on the ambulance to get through your program and just to help you with the, the cost of it. And then I would also say, Nick, I mean, if it's feasible for you, um, some people, you know, kind of get into EMS and, okay, here I am, you know, I'm working as an EMT, been doing this for a little while now, I, I like, you know, I enjoy it, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, then you kind of get to the point where the, you have that question of, you know, what's next? Do I become a paramedic? You know, I don't know. Maybe if you're not sure, the A 
is kind of a bridge. So if you're not 100% sure and you have the means, you know, it might, it is kind of a good stepping stone. Um, you know, Nick, obviously you went from being experienced a into paramedic, which we're about to talk about. Um, I didn't, I went from EMT to paramedic and I definitely can see where there would have been some, major benefits for me kind of taking that that middle stepping stone of the AEMT you know watching uh you and some other people who have been AEMTs into paramedic it's definitely seemed like a smoother transition from my perspective so one of the things that I did as I moved my way up through my EMS career I really I knew I wanted to be on a career fire department and eventually be a firefighter paramedic I knew that (laughs) so what I did is after I got my EMT, I went into my AEMT, and before I got hired at my career fire department job, which I work with Frank at, I went and applied for a paid position as an AEMT at a private ambulance service. That way, I was able to work with that crew every week at the same time and pick up some extra shifts, and I knew in my mind that if I got sent 25 minutes away from the hospital by myself with one EMT and a CPR certified only driver, it really is, for lack of a better term, it's John Wayne time because it's just you. You don't have a fire company. You don't have a paramedic officer. You don't have all these intercept things. And I wanted to really prepare myself so that when I hit the career service, the career fire service, and when I eventually went to paramedic school, that I would have those experiences to draw from so that I knew if I went to a cardiac arrest, I knew how to handle it because I've handled it before. And I think uh, that brings up another good point, Nick, that and getting the certification is one thing and it's a major step obviously right we have to get that certification but that your field experience is really once you get into it your field experience is what becomes pertinent um where i came up in in ems was in the new york metro area and it kind of went like you an entry level provider from any level EMT through paramedic, you were going to be doing inner facility transport, something where you're transporting a patient who's essentially stable, stabilized at that facility, the best of their ability to another facility. Once you get uh, experience in that field, then you progress into that nine one one system, and that might not be the the case everywhere. You, you know, you might get thrown right in a nine one one, or you might do hybrid. But uh, that field experience is another huge, huge factor. So if you are considering a full on career, you don't just want to get the certification and then start applying. Maybe just applying for jobs. You need to start building field experience, and you may have to go for that kind of lower budget. Um, maybe less desirable uh, system where, again, like you're doing, if you know, some people, if you want to do 911, you might not look at IFT as necessarily the most rewarding, but that might be where you need to settle to start to get that experience. Just make sure you tell people what those acronyms are. Uh, Sorry, IFT, Inner Facility Transfer. So that could be, you know, there are some really cool IFTs where you're doing critical care and transferring unstable patients. But as an EMT, I mean, you can, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, I've done transfers where you bring somebody from the their house to dialysis and then back from dialysis back to their house. And it might be as simple as the fact they might need an ambulance because they can't walk. They might need an ambulance because they can't get up and down the steps to their apartment. Um, and it's, it, 
is not always what you expect, right? When you go into EMS. So, um, but that field experience builds up and it's huge. Yeah, for sure. So that's, if you are going to be a paid EMT, that's probably going to be, at least in this area, that the jobs that are going to pay you to be an EMT level are going to be those facility transport jobs. If you're looking for a 911 paid job, which I know a lot of people are, it, they're probably going to be looking for an AEMT or a paramedic at a minimum. So all the services around here, they really want you to be an AEMT. Yeah. Or, or multiple years of experience. Yeah, in for your, sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for AEMT, you can expect to make in this area probably about 16 bucks an hour, and you're probably looking at around 35000 a year. So a little bit more. But then again, you have a little bit more responsibility. The course load is a, it's pretty similar, a little bit more advanced techniques. Everything builds on the EMT. And one big thing with AEMT is there is a robust clinical program that associates that education component. With your EMT, it can all be done in the classroom for the most part. Um, and AEMT, you really need to do some sort of rotation either through your service or through the emergency department or hospital where you're doing IVs and seeing patients, which is something that you may not have the opportunity to do in EMT. So moving on, paramedic school, something that both you and I have gone through. Um, I went through the Vermont Technical College program. Uh, I can't remember where you went. Uh, so I went to Westchester Community College, which is just outside of New York City. So just just the point that we're making here by having this paramedic program being run through colleges should tell you a little bit about what to expect when you go to a paramedic program. Unlike the EMT and the AEMT, this is not a six-month Adventure um, For most people, this is probably going to be looking at between 18 months and two years. This is going to sometimes offer you a, a um, an associate's degree in paramedicine because of how many credits you have to do. I know mine was uh, scheduled for 18 months. Um, they're significantly more expensive than EMT. Uh, last I checked when I was looking around, some of the cheaper ones are around 8000 for an in-person program, and they go all the way up um, north of... 30,000 for the tuition. Um, it's pretty intense. I would um, just caution people if you're interested in being a paramedic and you want to go to paramedic school, those of you that have been to college or been in that environment, you should expect the same level of teaching and expectations as what you expected when you were in college. So I went to school for four years at UVM for my bachelor's degree. And I can tell you the course load for the paramedic program was very, very similar. And in fact, it was actually a little bit harder because of the amount it's condensed into 18 months it's basically two years of school condensed into 18 months so yeah a lot of people with college backgrounds uh what they say about paramedic school is that it is like being in your prepping for your midterm or finals week but for nine to 12 straight months for sure um and nick mentioned those you know an 18 month to two year venture uh so just to kind of go back to what we were talking about the emt programs is a six to nine month paramedic school is like your two week emt school yes it's possible you can cram 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 you can get that certification but there are some major drawbacks going forward for sure and remember when you come out of paramedic school you have a dramatically increased scope of practice i mean potentially you can be cardioverting people changing their heart rhythms you mean giving medicines that stop and start their heart you can be paralyzing them you could be innovating them you can be putting them on ventilators and changing their blood chemistry it's way way more intense than one of your emt courses would be and it's generally accepted that the paramedic is the ultimate manager of the pre-hospital system 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so just to kind of give you some insight, uh, I'll tell you guys about my paramedic program. And Nick and I were both actually pretty lucky in that we were in. Well, depends on how you look at it. We were both in, you know, community college setting. It's not overly intense. It's still a college. There are paramedic schools out there where it is cutthroat. If you score less than a certain score on a certain amount of tests, you're out. If you mess, fail a certain amount of skills, you're out. No questions asked, um, which is great. Um, unfortunately, in the community college setting, you could see people who continue to fail and repeat because on you know the school is still making money on their tuition um but anyways just to give you some insight my paramedic school i did mine with an associate's degree uh so i did it over two years uh it was roughly twenty thousand dollars again with an associate's degree so my prerequisites just to start school obviously you'd be an emt you get interviewed by the uh, director of the school for your experience level I'm going to be honest with you. I did not take the traditional route into it. I did not have the, in my opinion, the proper amount of experience. I didn't really, I volunteered on an ambulance, but my paid experience was at, um, you know, ski patrol and mountain bike parks and stuff like that. Um, but then you had to do a full college level anatomy and physiology one and two. So I was in class with nursing students and, and, you know, et cetera, anybody else who would kind of go into that. I had to do, you know, comp and lit one and two. I had to take gym. I did an online gym class. <laughs> uh, I had to take art class as my art elective. So it is more of that college, um, feel uh and that and another thing is ems in general we are you know a lot of people you'll see in social media you'll see in the news people in ems we complain about our salaries being too low for what we are trained to do and one of the big arguments and big pushes in the ems community is well let's make ourselves let's bring ourselves to that level where we deserve that higher pay and one of the first things comparing to any other job sector is let's have a college degree right so definitely if you're if this is your initial career move if you don't have a college degree and you're going towards paramedic it is very helpful for you to just go for that college degree it makes you more marketable and it also just gives a little bit more um you know, structure behind your, to back your certification. And then looking way forward into the future, let's say you want to go into a a leadership or administrative position, those positions where you're going to make six figures, they are requiring college degrees. So it's good to try to kind of establish that early on. So mine was, mine was very similar. However, mine was a certificate program. So I did not have to do the electives like you did. I didn't need a composition or English or any sort of other program like that. I actually went into it directly from my bachelor's degree program. So it's kind of already at that pace, which was nice for me. I did have to take um, anatomy and physiology one and two, which was with all pre-med students and doctors and nurses. So that was no joke for sure. Um, it was about 12 months of classroom testing activities with a minimum passing grade of 80. And then I also did um, 344 hours in the hospital and 300 and six or so hours um, in the field as my capstone internship program. So altogether, you know, after you added everything up, um, I spent probably another 700 plus hours 
outside of the classroom, making sure I was getting all my skills and getting prepared to, to test for my national registry. Yeah, and that, that was the next point I wanted to bring up, Nick. Um, <clears throat> paramedic school uh, clinical time is a, another major difference that we don't have. Yes, in AEMT, we do some clinical time. EMT, you probably do, I would call it five or less ride-alongs most likely for sure paramedic school is a whole different world um those ride your clinical time consider it a second job there you know like i said i didn't take the most traditional route there was definitely positives and negatives to going straight from high school to like essentially a full-time paramedic school student one of the positives was that i had time on my side but there was several people in that class who they worked full-time whether it was in ems or not in ems it was nice for the people who worked full-time in ems at agencies that they could do that clinical time and kind of be in their their work setting already but you are looking at just consider it a second job. I mean, I was doing at least two shifts a week, if not more, um, 12 hour shifts. So that's 24 hours right there. So that's basically like a part-time job and sometimes more than that, not to mention your hospital time, right? So that was in the field. We had to do, um, labor and delivery time. We had to do ER time with the docs, you know, all sorts of stuff to really get that full uh, understanding of all the systems. And it's a major time commitment for sure. Yeah, it's it can be tough. I think everyone that's been through paramedic school knows. And every time we send new students and we select people to go, I try to take a second to just pull them aside and just let them know, hey, you you know, just be prepared. It's like a 747 taking off and it never reaches cruising altitude. Yeah. And it's going to be like that for and, 18 months. Yeah. And clinicals are tough, right? Because, I mean, you're, you're under a lot of pressure, uh, not just from your instructors, but now from these field training, you know, these preceptors um, who are going to be looking at you to perform as a competent paramedic when we all know you know as you're as you're learning things there may be several things that you just you don't know you're not super good at so you're gonna be under that kind of stress and pressure of that um then you have the stress and pressure of preparing for these written exams you know you have to learn all these medications inside and out you have to if you don't have a college background and you're not act, you know you haven't been in school in a while you have to get back into that groove of learning how to take tests which in and of itself is a, is a skill right so it, it's it's intense uh, to say the least for sure and just to accentuate some of that I remember one of my days in pharmacology they brought in the state protocol with the adult medication reference which is probably 20 pages of information about medications and what their names are and how they're used and how much to give and what dose and what route and when to give it when not to give it and everything had been erased except for the brand name and i we had to sit down and we had to complete like 20 pages of this manual by memory and that was the expectation that we could do that yeah i don't miss making those drug cards no uh, but they paid off they paid off it does it, yeah it's still it's still stuck in my brain um, but then, but yeah, absolutely. And then just to, so going forward, you know, you get your paramedic. Okay. Well, guess what? You're not done. Um, when you get your paramedic certification, now you have to, if you're not already hired, you have to get a job. Um, and then once you have your job, or again, if you already had a job, um, now you have to get certified within your agency or within your district. So that's different 
in different parts of the country, but generally speaking, the way it works is most agencies, so let's just say I work for XYZ Ambulance, they have their own requirements for me to be clear as a paramedic, which for me, uh, I did almost three months of additional, basically, clinical time. Obviously, I was getting paid as a paramedic, but still with a preceptor before I was cleared for my agency. In New York, uh, we had different regions, uh, similar to Vermont, actually, but I had to get certified where I was in two to three different regions. So that includes another written test, sign-offs from medical directors here in Vermont, you know, you're usually in one, the districts are a little bit larger, but you have to then get cleared here. So like in Vermont, for an experienced provider, you do, I believe it's 10 calls, your medical director reviews those 10 calls, and then you still might get precepted within your agency. So you're, even though you got your certification, you're might not be there just yet. Um, you have to then get cleared within the agency. So it, it's definitely a lot of work. And then you get set free and now okay now i'm a paramedic what does that mean well you are now there's no question going to be the highest level pre-hospital provider on any scene um that comes with its own level of responsibility people are going to turn to you constantly to to tell them what needs to happen no matter what the situation even if it's a situation that doesn't require a paramedic people are going to turn to you and and expect you to give them answers. So you really have to prepare yourself to for all of those things um, and to be that that leader in the field. Absolutely. So the last one we want to cover just before we go here, um, just that final last challenge that people can experience in the pre-hospital system. If you want to stay on the EMS side, um, you could pursue your flight paramedic certified or your certified um, critical care paramedic. So Frank and I both did our FPCs, our flight paramedic certified programs, and we are certified at that level. Um, that's something that's really optional. Typically, they recommend you have about three years of experience, just given the magnitude of what you're expected to know. They want you to see that they want to see you have at least three years of experience before you tackle that. You don't necessarily have to do that. You can get a waiver from the um, International Board of Specialty Certifications. So this is not an NREMT uh, certification. This is a International Board of Specialty Certifications um, certification, and it's used for um, transporting ICU level patients doing 911 scene care at the ICU level. It, in- it includes chest tubes and more advanced rapid sequence intubation. It has more medications. You might be transporting people on intraaortic balloon pumps. You might be um, dealing with swan gains, catheters, some more advanced medical equipment, what you would expect to see in an ICU setting. So Frank, if you want to just tell people a little bit about um, why you might want to get that um, before we go here and just uh, just know that that's going to be the apex of the pre-hospital EMS system. These are the people that are on the helicopters, um, you know, Boston Med Flight, Life Flight, um, any of those folks that have been working on the fire departments. If you see a helicopter landing, it probably has nurses and these folks on it. Yeah, well, obviously, right, Nick, the the big one is to be the guy on the helicopter. That's that's kind of the, in many people's opinion, that is the uh, top level you can reach within EMS as a that's paramedic. That's a big dog. Nobody uh, better. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're cool. You get to fly around, wear yeah. a flight suit, you know, get all the glory. Um, 
but also critical care ground transport is also another major component of EMS. Um, and, and now I'm talking, you're going to have the capability to transfer a rather sick patient for long distances and times. Um, you also might want to do it to enhance your knowledge as a paramedic. Uh, it is, it, it, and Nick, I'd like to hear your opinion because you recently went through a, a prep course. I I look at the FPC as learning a kind of a new skill set, but I don't. I would say that probably about eighty to eighty five percent of the FPC curriculum I don't actively use as a fire medic running just a standard in a 911 system. Yeah, for sure. But I think it does add that extra layer. So when you go to that patient and they're acting a little bit different than what you might expect, you can start to bring in those laboratory results, that acid-based buffer system, the ventilation management, all those other little pieces that you really hit on hard in FBC that you kind of glance over in your paramedic program. Yeah, I also would say, and you know what, I also think that it does give you a good insight into kind of maybe not what we're going to do, but what's next for your patient. Oh, for sure. Which is yeah. also important, you know, to guide our care. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it, it's definitely intense. Uh, I would highly recommend somebody doing a uh, prep course. Some people too, like you can get hired by a flight service and then they'll require you. To, you know, when I took my prep course, there was people who were already hired by flight services and then it was a requirement of them to obtain that certification within a certain amount of time but i think that's pretty common the people will hire you and then within like 18 months or two years you have to uh, obtain that certification for sure but if you have it i mean great item better resume and definitely will help you get your foot in the door faster for those those big time uh if you're really committed to the ems side those big time jobs yeah for sure so just to touch on paramedics so you you can expect to make about forty five thousand a year usually like 20 bucks an hour is pretty fair for a paramedic um obviously there's a lot of wiggle room with that um one paramedics uh, typically will get paid a little bit less than the transport medics um but a lot of people like one better than transport it's a little more action you get to kind of do some more stuff and um, for flight paramedic that's where you really start seeing the big bucks um that certification is very intense but the job market also becomes much more competitive so you're looking at around sixty thousand a year, probably upwards of thirty bucks an hour, depending on where you go. Where are you getting that info from, Nick? I just went on the Indeed, you know, and those job okay. websites. Um, I think a Zip Recruiter, and you can actually sort it based on zip code and area. So I just kind of got uh, that. Well, it's it's just interesting because when I was out west, um, flight medics were actually getting shafted if you will on their salary because of the fact that it was so desirable oh you know they had so many they had so many paramedics who wanted that job that they were able to regulate to you know it varied by company for sure just like any ems job but um but yeah you can definitely do pretty good so i think so just for everyone's knowledge here the numbers i'm using are going to be based in the new england ems system just because that's where we've kind of worked and that's um i know you've been in colorado but for me i've kind of always been in new england and maybe one of the reasons those are getting driven up is there really isn't a ton of helicopters in new england i mean there's a lot of them when you go out west and there's a lot of them in the midwest out west yeah it's uh compared to here i mean here we have we can name the companies on we can count them on one hand yeah for sure out there i mean yeah there's a new company every week yeah for sure so that's a little bit about the different levels and kind of what they require and what you can expect from that stuff um 
next time we get together, we're going to be talking about the testing and what you can expect for testing at each level. Um, if you have any questions, you can always get a hold of us. Um, it's uh, Northeast Emergency Training Solutions LLC. We have a website. Um, it's netsvt.com. Um, you can also get a hold of us uh, at any point as well. So um, thanks for joining us. We hope that you got some information from this. And if anybody has any questions about EMS or wants to get into it, um, we hope that this podcast allowed you an opportunity to just kind of hear from us and kind of our experiences. And we'll do some more of it later, too. Thanks, Nick. <laughs>